G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, a good time to be talking about some very, very important issues around what it is to be a Christian. Because as you'll have heard, if you've been around a little while, there are some who will say the whole focus of our Christian faith needs to be according to the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples. And the focus becomes evangelism only. Then there's the other perspective that says, oh no, we need to be involved in social action, community action, political action. And that's a part of what we do as Christian people. Let's talk through some of the issues today around Christians who are involved in the work of mission in an evangelism sense and the work of mission in caring for the whole person. Bill Muhlenberg's been writing about these things this week. Bill, welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Bill, we've spoken about this sort of thing in times past, the idea of this is what Christians do. We evangelize. We don't get involved in that dirty, messy political stuff. Uh, You've been grappling with that this week. Yeah, well, it's, as you say, something we've often talked about in the past, and I guess we'll keep talking about it because it keeps coming up. It keeps being a very important issue indeed, and there keeps uh, being a lot of, unfortunately, some fuzzy thinking uh, about these matters. So with a few things in mind, uh, mainly we've got some Australian elections, state elections coming up soon enough, and of course a pretty important American election coming up soon uh, plus some interaction I've had with folks over the week. I, I did, as you say. I've written two uh, pieces on this whole question of how should Christians think about political and social engagement and uh, effectively ended up uh, looking at kind of three common uh, misconceptions or myths about what Christians should be doing in this regard. So, yeah, it's always good to revisit these topics. Bill, mindful of the fact that we've got some Australian elections coming up in Queensland on the 31st of October, uh, a week before that, the ACT elections, uh, but we've got this US election, and, and for Australian voters, something very interesting in here, because one of the benefits, I guess, we have of having a system where we find it's compulsory to cast our vote, uh, then we're more inclined to be out there and casting that vote. But there's something significant in the US. Last time around, there was something in the vicinity of 30 million evangelicals who didn't even bother voting in the election. You've been thinking through a whole bunch of reasons why some Christians won't engage. What are your thoughts on uh, some of the myths around uh, Christians engaging in some level of political activity? Yes, well, it's as you say, in, in the U.S. it isn't compulsory to vote. So many people don't, including, as you said, 30 million Christians, evangelical Christians, back in 2016. 
So they were certainly a myth in terms of their citizenship. Uh, of course, Christians are citizens of two kingdoms, uh, this world and uh, the next. And being dual passport holders, we should be responsible citizens in both. But yeah, we got, uh, as you say, a, a number of myths, uh, common ones, certainly in America, uh, being heard again this time around with Trump and Biden is, oh, well, we can't go down the path of choosing between the lesser of two evils. Give me a, you know, a, a perfect candidate or one that I can hardly 100% endorse. Otherwise, I just won't bother voting for anybody. Uh, well, to which the pretty obvious reply is Jesus is not running for office this year. Uh, so we're not going to get any perfect or ideal candidate. You're just going to get a bunch of fallen sinful uh, candidates. Some may be Christians, some may be more uh, in tune with biblical values than others, but that's all we have to work with. We've got no other options. You either vote for, well, in this case, the two main ones. I mean, you know, you'll, you'll have a handful of independents and those running as third-party candidates, but really, certainly in America and pretty much here as well, you really only have the two-party system, and that is something you have to deal with. So for American Christians, it's a question of Trump with all of his faults, who's uh, been much better for many of us. I was even concerned four years ago, but on pro-life issues and on so many other issues, uh, certainly far and away better uh, than what the Democrats are up to, the most pro-abortion party of all time, the most anti-faith party, uh, the Democrats of all time, the most, uh, you know, against so many core Christian values that uh, seems to me kind of a no-brainer as to how a Christian would vote. But if you're going to wait until the perfect candidate comes, uh, you'll probably never vote in that case. A lot of people, Bill, will say it's only one vote. It's my vote. It'll be a waste of time me getting involved in politics and almost using that as an excuse for non-engagement. What are your thoughts around the idea of wasting time on politics? Well, uh, you said at the outset that we do have this great commission uh, and we really need to define that carefully. What is it to share the gospel? What is it to disciple the nations or make disciples of all nations? If we just think in terms of getting... Uh, you know, naked souls into the clouds of heaven, sitting around strumming on harps, we might have a too narrow and, in fact, too unbiblical view of what uh, making disciples of all nations entails. Um, obviously, Christianity has real here and now uh, impact, as well as the next world, uh, all of uh, 2,000 years of Christian history has really taught this. Uh, people didn't go and be missionaries or evangelists only hoping to get souls into heaven, but they were looking after the whole person. So we know that pretty much the whole Western civilization was uh, the result of uh, biblical Christians reaching others with the whole gospel. So that meant if they were people hungry, they were involved in feeding them. If there were poor people, they were helping there. If they were illiterate, they set up schools. If they were sick, they set up hospitals. If uh, women and children were treated poorly, 
wherever you go and wherever you look, uh, Christians were at the forefront of social action to make the lives of others better, while at the same time, of course, preaching the gospel, preaching about the need for sinners to come to Christ for forgiveness. So for them, it wasn't ever a phony dichotomy. Well, we got to do one or the other. You either evangelize or you help people. Uh, you know, we do both because that's uh, the Christian message. We're salt and light and we share the good news of Christ. Bill, do you think down through the generations over the last 2,000 years uh, that this same sort of debate might have been going on? Not everyone's been part of a democracy for 2,000 years in all the countries mm-hmm. around the world, but do you think there's always been this idea of evangelize or become socially active and get involved with the political scene so that you can make a better world. Uh, There's some suggestion, I know, from one of your favourite authors, Tom Holland, uh, who wrote a book called Dominion and uh, suggesting that the West, Western nations as we know them, would be unrecognisable if it were not for Christianity. So somebody must have been winning this argument throughout all those 2,000 years. Oh, yeah, that's the value of studying church history. We see these debates. We see there's nothing new. We see the various extremes and pendulum swings that go back and forth. But uh, the more you know of your church history, the more you see that this always was a holistic gospel that was being proclaimed. Uh, You know, you'll get critics. I mentioned one in my article who come up with some pretty silly ideas. You know, they'll say, oh, but the early church, they weren't involved in politics. They weren't doing all these things. Um, Well, (laughs) the answer is kind of simple. For the first several centuries, they were a very small, hated, persecuted, uh, group, uh, often basically illegal, being hunted down, attacked, killed, tortured for their faith. They were not in a position to do anything like setting up political parties or getting involved in the social debates of the day. All they could do was share the good news and uh, trust God to get them through the hard times of persecution. And of course, once those times did end, well, then they were fully involved social, political, cultural issues as they knew they should be. And, of course, we take it right up to today. And uh, always the prime example, somebody like William Wilberforce, right, British evangelical, um, shared the good news, shared the gospel, but also was a parliamentarian, spent his whole life looking to abolish the slave trade. So uh, he had the right mix, as have had millions of other Christians over the last 2,000 years. So, yeah, there's always some who kind of move on to one side of the debate or the other, but I think we need a balanced biblical approach, one that we find often working throughout church history. Bill, do you think it takes a particular personality type to engage in the political scene? Uh, And perhaps, you know, there are all sorts of different levels in which you can engage from being a candidate Mm. uh, to being a supporter uh, to being someone who just casts their vote. Uh, Is there a particular sort of personality or some trait that you need to nurture to become aware and then be effective in some level of social change in your nation? Oh, well, I would think just being a good Christian, sold out for Jesus, reading your Bible, that would be about all you need in terms of being motivated 
to take a holistic gospel to the whole person and the whole of culture. Uh, sure, as you, as you suggest, uh, not everybody is called, say, to run as a politician. You know, we all have our different callings and gifts. Uh, uh, but as I said earlier, we're dual citizens. We are called to be responsible citizens of heaven, but also of this earth that we now live on. So at the very least, right, whenever there's an election, you carefully, prayerfully uh, consider who would be the best candidate or the best party to vote for. Uh, You know, that's the bare minimum of what any Christian would do. Here we have to vote, although we speak of the donkey vote and things, people who just, you know, couldn't be bothered. But in America, again, uh, people can just choose to stay home if they want. I'm not sure how that's being a responsible Christian or a responsible citizen. So we can all at least pray about political matters. We can engage. We can speak up when there's a chance. Use the social media for harmful, say, uh, policies, whether pro-abortion policies and the like. There's so many things we can do even if most of us will never end up becoming politicians or getting that far into the political process. Well, as I often say, uh, we are a people who have values. Everybody has their own values, and they're voting for their particular political candidate that suits their values, and uh, Christians ought to have that same pressure on candidates to adjust to the values of our own faith. Uh, Challenging times ahead, Bill Muhlenberg, let me point people to your latest articles as you've been writing on these tips on these topics this past week, uh, a faith that makes a difference and faith and politics again, as it's one more time around, Bill, and I know you'll keep chipping away there because of such an important issue like this. Let me point people to com, or you can simply Google Culture Watch one word. Bill Muhlenberg, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.